Hey, welcome everyone to the Cross Point Church Scripture Podcast. Um, if you're just joining us, uh, there's other episodes to check out. And I believe we're getting around to working the date each one was recorded into the description. And uh, once that's done, if, you, if you're the person that likes to look at them from the beginning, you can do that. I'm more of a cherry picker. I'd be looking at the, uh, the uh, content and saying, okay, this interests me and working my way through it that way. So whatever you want to do, um, we always appreciate you guys listening. We're on SoundCloud. Uh, if you're friends with Crosspoint on Facebook and you see our posts, you can uh, see the links there. So, uh, and Easton knows what he's talking about. And he says, we're going to be on Apple podcast soon. And you know what that means? We'll be a real podcast then, you know, right now, junior league, but pretty soon major leagues. Okay. So you guys stay tuned and especially you who have been down since the beginning, that will give you some bragging rights because you were here since we were on just SoundCloud. All right, friends, what do we do on the Scripture Podcast? Um, Usually not ramble like I just did. What we usually do is pick a Scripture, and we'll use the Scripture of the Day from version, and we'll look at it three ways, uh, just to review because we haven't spelled it out in a couple episodes. Um, We'll look at the context, which is usually two parts, the overall kind of the 20,000 feet look, which is like what book of the Bible is it in, or, you know, at the very least, what are these next few chapters about? All right. So it's like you're looking at a map and if you find, you know, you look, you know, you live in Arnold. Well, that's fine. But what if you look at the Arnold that is in France, then you've got a problem, you know, you need to pay attention to the overall continent and country and then find your city. Okay. And that's the way we'll do a scripture. Sometimes we'll find that bigger context. Like what, what was this entire kind of collection, this book about in the first place? And then these few chapters, and then we'll kind of zero in on a greater context, which is what comes immediately before and after the verse we're looking at. And it's just so important. You know, I think we, we so understand this in everyday life. This is not a spooky, esoteric principle of scripture reading. It's just a great common sense thing. And one of the best ways I can think of it, I'm raising five kids right now. And kids love to come in on the middle of a conversation that doesn't have anything to do with them, pick the one sentence you just said, and then go, what are you guys talking about? (laughs) And the feeling of frustration, only you parents out there know, that feeling of frustration that goes, hey, first, we weren't talking to you. That's why you don't know what's happening. And then that kind of weariness, like, and I'm not going through the whole conversation again to show you where you're at. But thankfully, the Bible is for you. When you come in on a Bible verse, you are coming in on the middle of a conversation. But it's actually a good thing to say, what are we talking about now? And all you have to do, since it's written down, to find out what we were talking about is see what book of the Bible it's located in, see what came immediately before and after, and all of a sudden you're oriented into the conversation. This is important for a lot of reasons, but it's also dangerous not to do this. You say, Josiah, are you using the word dangerous? Are you being kind of extreme? I'm really not. If you look back through the history, church history, and just look at the massive damage that's done to people's faith and all kinds of other things by people taking a verse, listen, out of context. You guys ever heard that before? So you get people who are so frustrated with this that when you try to talk to them about the Bible, and I'm talking about Christians now, not non-Christians, I've had conversations with Christians where I say, hey, the Bible says this, and they'll go, huh, you can make the Bible say whatever you want. 
And yes, am I frustrated at that moment with the person who's saying that? Yeah, I could be a little frustrated, but I think they're talking out of real pain. I know they are. And the real pain is they've had people take so much of Scripture out of context and twist it one way or the other that they're so weary of it they don't even want to look at the Bible anymore. So I understand that, but we've got to battle against that. We need to discipline ourselves and not take, not lift Bible verses out of their context and make them say whatever we want them to say, because it is a belief of Orthodox Christianity. And by that, I'm not talking about, you know, Russian, Greek, Ethiopian, Orthodox church denominations. I'm talking about, you know, Orthodox, we believe in the Bible as the word of God. Christians believe that the Bible is a coherent teaching and a coherent internally true story from beginning to end so since we believe that then if we see if we cannot say you can the bible just doesn't mean anything you can make it mean whatever you want that's not good that's from the enemy and it and it twists people's faith around okay so that's why context is such a big deal and why we look at it here on the scripture podcast the second thing we'll do then is we'll try to understand what was the original author trying to say to the original audience a lot of times context will reveal that but it's again important because it's another way to basically take the bible and make it say what you want it to is to ignore um what the original author meant for the people to hear so if you ignore that then you can say oh no this this scripture is for me it's like no it was originally for so like if we're looking at one of paul's letters it was originally for his church so you got to go, okay, it was originally for his church, and that has a lot to do with its meaning, okay? If you open a love letter from someone else to someone else, you can't go, this person loves me. You don't know that. They, they may, but right now all we know is they love the person they were writing the letter to. And then we can see if it's applicable to us or not. All right, so that's what we'll look at. And then the third thing we look at is how can we see Jesus in these scriptures? We do that for a lot of reasons, but a very simple one is Jesus himself said all of scripture points to him. So we're like, wow, that's one of those weird things. Is it actually true, or is it just an in- inspirational Jesus moment? No, it's it's true. We believe that all Scripture in its way, when it's understood in its context, has a way of pointing towards God's ultimate revelation of himself in Jesus Christ. Okay? And, uh, you know, lots of preamble this morning, and I'm, I'm sorry for that, but I think it's important. The last thing I'll say is we've asked for requests before, and I'm not joking if you have a scripture that you've been curious about or one of your favorites and you'd love to see us do the Crosspoint Church scripture podcast treatment to it, um, we're more than open to that. You can email us or comment on Facebook, whatever it is easier for you. Uh, but what that's where our scripture comes from this morning. So I got a request from Cody Shank, which I appreciate. And uh, his was from uh, Proverbs, which is just such a great book, man. If you are one of those people like, oh, I just don't know, sometimes the Bible's hard for me. Work your way through Proverbs. I mean, there's just so much interesting stuff in there. You just take your time and work your way through there, especially if you're afraid of the Old Testament. If you're one of those people who's like, I just don't know. I've never had a lot of exposure to the Old Testament. I don't understand a lot of it. Man, Proverbs, Psalms, Proverbs is a good place to start. And so we go to the book of Proverbs, and the actual scripture that um, Cody asked about was Proverbs 9, chapter 9, verse 10, and it's kind of a keystone to the whole book. By that I mean, if you get this, you'll have a good time getting the rest of it. If you don't get this, you're going to have a hard time getting the rest of it. And so Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. All right. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, 
and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. So it's like, okay, cool. I mean, so much of Proverbs, the verses are meant to be self-contained. It's a little bit of a contrast to our, a lot of the other verses we'll read on here because sometimes like if you take one verse, you just can't understand it at all. You need the verses before and after. But a lot of Proverbs, now not all of it, the first five, six, seven chapters or so are actually um, all meant to hang together. But then the majority of the book of Proverbs is wise sayings that do hold together in the fact that Proverbs is a collection of sayings, wise sayings. And there's our larger context for you. But you can still go wrong by forgetting that. So like here in verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. It matters a lot that this is contained in a book of wisdom, of Old Testament wisdom. It's almost a warning, and I'll, and I'll tell you what I mean by that. So it's important to, uh, to still look at our context, which is Proverbs uh, at the beginning, it says this. So this is going back to chapter one, and this helps us with our context. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance, to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. Okay, So the, the book of Proverbs actually comes with a um, nutritional label. You know, you give, pick up your food at the grocery store and you turn it to the back, if you care about what you're eating, you turn it to the back and say, okay, what's in this? It says it's a health bar. Okay, health bar, turn it back to the ingredients. Oh, it has 50 grams of sugar in it. No wonder I love these health bars. I feel like the front is not telling me the truth, so I'll look at the back, and it has to tell me the truth because the FDA says so. Okay, so when you look at the beginning of Proverbs, if you get confused like, well, what's this all for, though? Or how can I know what this is supposed to do for me? It's nice because Proverbs comes with that ingredient label. And it says it's going to help you in wise dealings in life and righteousness and justice and equity and pr giving prudence to the simple and knowledge and discretion to young people. And it calls out to say, if you're already wise, then hear this book and increase in learning. And the one who understands will obtain guidance here. This is going to help you understand a proverb and a saying and the words of the wise and the riddles. And that could be it. That would be the stop there to say, okay, so this book is just for me to be smarter for me to gain wisdom, for me to not make as many mistakes as I do in life. Because trust me, all through Proverbs, you're going to find that it's, it is telling you that. Like, look, it says things like, uh, you know, foolish people stumble into trouble and get hurt and they don't even know what they stumbled over. Wise people see adversity or problems coming and they prepare for it. It just says simple stuff like that, that you can't believe is in the Bible. Because with the Bible, you're used to a lot of, okay, I have to know the theology. What is God saying here? What's this ancient culture about? In Proverbs, you get some immediate, just like, here, dude, you need to hear this. It's kind of like your older uncle is sitting you down being like, you need here, you need to understand why you keep messing up your, your life here. Here's some few things you need to know. So it's very earthy and it's very usable and it's very practical. And uh, you could get lost in that and think that's all what Proverbs is for. But we don't forget that Proverbs is in the Bible. And there in chapter one, we just read the first six verses to help us understand something. But verse seven is actually the first uh, foundational echo of, of our verse all the way over in 10 that we're looking at. So look at this. 
we've read chapter one, this is to gain understanding, so on and so forth. Verse seven says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. You remember that? So that's actually the first part of our verse over in 9.10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Okay, so even though 1-7 is not our verse, let's just look at it real quick. It's a two-part thing, and it says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So if you don't fear the Lord, what do you not have? And I can hear all of you good students at home going, knowledge. You don't have knowledge if you don't fear the Lord. Well, what about if you're the smartest person on earth? The Bible, the book of Proverbs says, to miss God, to not know him to not understand the creator of everything and the person in whose image you are made. If you don't know him, you don't really know anything. Isn't that frustrating? (laughs) That's so frustrating. When I was growing up, I I loved books and I loved reading science fiction and I I got good grades at school and all this in elementary school. And whenever I would be like, I'm smarter than my parents. So I would go up to my mom and be like, I wouldn't say it because I didn't want to, I wanted to be able to sit down for the next week, but so I wouldn't go, I'm smarter than you, mom. But when she would tell me what to do, I would get this feeling like I don't have to because I'm smarter than you. And she would give me this talk that was kind of like, I've lived life. I've lived your lifetime, you know, five times over already. And you wouldn't be here if I didn't have you. You don't know anything. And it would just, oh, doesn't it frustrate the dog snot out of you? I mean, you're just like, but I know about satellites and space and you don't know anything. And you, your mom just has a way of being like, no, I understand life and I've lived it in ways and you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for me. This is the same thing here. So you can, you can, you can have a PhD. You can have three of them. You can be an actual rocket scientist. We, we joke about rocket scientists, but you're out there. There may be one listening to this podcast right now. You can be a rocket scientist. And Proverbs says, if you don't know God, if you don't fear, respect, and acknowledge him as the source of everything, if you're not obedient, if you don't humble yourself before him, if you don't know him, then you don't really know anything at all. And it makes you a fool who despises wisdom and instruction. And it's just like, oh, man, this is a crossroads in life, okay? All right, so making sure, now I'm getting preachy, so we've got to return to the whole point of the podcast. Proverbs has this ingredients label on it that says you are going to learn a lot here, but if you don't get this, you don't know anything. And then you'll have um, warnings all throughout the New Testament and stuff, especially Paul's got a well-known one where he says that knowledge puffs people up. When you come to think you know things, when you don't know and acknowledge God, it just gives you pride and it will destroy your life. So, Going back now to chapter 9, verse 10, now you understand why this is here. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. So let's look at the immediate context. Um, It's in chapter 9, which in the ESV Bible has this heading. Remember, the headings are from the people who interpreted the Bible here. It isn't from, it's not in the original text. But the ESV interpreters here put the way of wisdom over chapter 9. And it personifies wisdom as a lady who's mixed her, uh, built her house. It's a firm house. She's got a feast ready for people. So if you want to be wise, come on and and enjoy wisdom. And then starting in verse 7, it starts giving these one-off things about wisdom. Like, whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse. Isn't that that great? Verse 7. 
if you go up to someone who's just like has no wisdom and they're obnoxious and they live for themselves, if you're like, hey, did you know you shouldn't do that? You will very often get yourself some abuse. And if you've experienced that in life and been like, that's not fair. Why does that happen? You should know that all along, if you would have just read Proverbs chapter 9, verse 7, you would have known that already. <laughs> it warns you. And now if you're if you want really want to dig deeper, you could think of times in your own life where you were a scoffer. You didn't get it. This is probably around the time you were a teenager. And you're scoffing and you're better than everybody and you know everything. And then someone corrects you. What did you usually do? You usually bit back at them. You don't know everything. Get off my case. I, you know, leave me alone, whatever. You abuse that person. And whoever reproves a wicked man incurs injury. So here's a basic earthy warning from chapter nine that yeah wisdom is great and if you find somebody who doesn't have it and they're fine with that when you correct them you could end up getting hurt for it isn't that wild and then eight do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you but if you reprove a wise man he will love you and you got to think about okay who do i really want to be friends with verse nine give instruction to a wise man and he'll be still wiser teach a righteous man and he will increase in learning. So these are kind of like instructional foundational things about wisdom. And that's why verse 10 is in here. It's also a foundational thing. Like, Hey, there are some wicked, foolish people that if you try to make them wise, they will just hate you and abuse you. There are some righteous people who, if you correct them and give them wisdom, they will love you and they will grow wiser. Verse 10. Did you know that the fear of the Lord is actually the beginning of wisdom? The knowledge of the Holy one is inside. If you don't have God, you don't have anything. And then verse 11 finishes off talking about wisdom for, for by me, and that's wisdom again, not God. For by me, your days will be multiplied. Years will be added to your life. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. If you scoff, you alone will bear it. Okay. So it's kind of a complete thought there, the way of wisdom. And in that complete thought from chapter nine, one through 12, it ends uh, with saying, okay, this is, these are kind of some foundational things about wisdom. And that's why right in the middle of it there is found the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is inside. Okay, now let's look at the verse itself. Uh, the only thing, I think it's pretty self-explanatory and we've we've gone through it a lot here just kind of talking about, you know, its overall purpose is showing you that you could miss God and get everything and then in the end you have nothing. So that is the idea. But this word fear here trips a lot of people up. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I don't know. There's been so much teaching on it that maybe you're sitting there saying, nope, I get it. I've heard the teaching on the fear of the Lord, so I'm good on that. It doesn't bother me. But if maybe you're still bothered by it, because I hear a lot of people get tripped up by it, um, we'll just, I'll hit it real quick. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What does that mean? If I learn to be afraid of God, so if you say God and I jump, and if you hold a Bible out to me and I tremble and shake and break out into a sweat and run away, does that mean I have the beginning of wisdom? No, it doesn't. Uh, the fear of the Lord is the Bible's way of saying a profound and deep respect for God. Now, listen, it does include feelings of fear. All right. So I'm not complete. I'm not trying to whitewash it. It includes feelings of fear. And what do you mean about that, Josiah? Okay, look, if you're not afraid of electricity, you're not smart. You need to be afraid of electricity. Electricity doesn't want to get you. It doesn't want anything. It's just energy. Okay. So it's not trying, electricity is not planning on ways to get you. But if you pass by a power station and they've got a fence around it, you can actually hear it humming. There are thick black wires coming from this thing. And there are signs, right? You read these signs. And even if you can't read them, they're in bright yellow with like death symbols and skulls all over it. 
So it's in pictures too, just in case you're a kid or you can't read. And it's saying, if you treat this power station in the wrong way, if you treat it in some way that it's not meant to be treated, if you don't respect it, it could really mess you up, you know, to the cost of your life. So what do you do to a high voltage line that is not, you know, insulated and kept away from you? You leave it alone, right? You go, you, you follow instructions and treat it in the way it's supposed to be treated. You need to fear electricity in that way. You need to have respect, proper respect for a power station. Because if you don't and you just put your bare hand on that wire, you are going to die. It's going to explode you and send you flying because you can't mess with electricity and come away okay. So that is included in the fear of the Lord. Now listen, we believe, and sometimes we start to take this for granted as Christians because we've heard it so much and we've watched VeggieTales cartoons and, you know, you just it's God. He's cute. Uh, we believe that everything, time, space, matter, energy, was all created. Even the idea of it, it came from nothing, from the mind of an infinite, uncreated being who has no beginning and no end and no end to his power and wisdom and might and strength and his righteousness is absolute and his holiness is absolute. We believe that that being is the creator of everything and that we are made in his image and that this is his world and that my life is his and the air that I breathe belongs to him, the Lord. <laughs> Do you understand? You cannot mistreat go around, disrespect, or try to ignore a being like that if he exists without incurring problems in your life. Do you understand that? that? That is holiness. That's the fear of the Lord. So God is moral. He expects people to be. And if you just are like, no, it's not for me, you, the Bible says you're making yourself an enemy of the Lord. You don't fear the Lord. And if you don't fear him, meaning if you don't have deep respect for him, saying, okay, the Lord first, and then everything after that. If that's not your attitude, then you don't have wisdom. And if you don't have knowledge of the Holy One, verse 10, then you don't have any insight into wisdom. Okay? So um, what is, this verse could mean so much to us, but in the end it's like anyone who offers you knowledge and wisdom and all this, if they don't fear the Lord, if they don't respect God, you, you have to take that into account as you listen to them. Because you can definitely learn from people who don't know God, but in the end, when it comes to directions for your life and things like that, you have to take it into account if someone doesn't fear the Lord. Okay, there's so much we could say. I probably already said too much here, but this is just good stuff, easy, easy to, easy to apply and look into, and just very good. But um, so that's the context. That's what the author was trying to say to his original audience. And then, can we see Jesus in these verses? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Um, there are so many ways we could see Jesus in this. One way is, if you go back to the Gospels, um, every time that people loved what Jesus was doing and things like that, when they paid attention to Jesus, he would always point back to his Father. You'll see this all throughout the Gospels. He wouldn't receive praise for himself. He'd always say, I do what the Father is doing. And that's how Jesus showed that he had the fear of the Lord and knew it was the beginning of wisdom. And his knowledge of the Holy One was his insight. So in, in the Gospel of John, Jesus actually says those words, I only do what I see my Father doing. He was in absolute submission to God. He knew for a fact and lived out the fact that the fear of the Lord was the beginning of wisdom to the point where 
all throughout the Gospels, you'll see the disciples, other people, the Pharisees, they try to talk Jesus into doing things. They try to talk him into doing things other than what he's doing. And he always resists and says no because it's not what the Father is doing. That's the fear of the Lord. It guided his whole life. Jesus didn't care if everyone else in the world but him was going another direction. He was going to go the way the Lord was going. That's wisdom. That's Jesus. That's why you can trust everything that he does. When we say that Jesus was perfect and so his example is perfect, that's what we mean. In every way, he had the fear of the Lord and respected God and did what God wanted him to do. And that's why Jesus was the wisest man and had the most insight of any human who's ever who we've ever known because he lived this principle absolutely. And so to see Jesus is to see a person who lives in absolute respect and fear of the Lord and, and lived it out. Okay? So again, I'm sure there's many ways we could see Jesus in these verses, but that's one way. All right. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the journey we've taken here. Um, I hope it's beginning to help you see that, man, there is so much to be found in every Bible verse. There really is. Um, any Anything in your mind that's like, I don't know about the Bible, or sometimes the Bible bores me, here, for all you guys that are bored by the Bible, this is what I'm asking you to consider. It might just be your perspective. You might have a bad perspective, which is okay. You may have become addicted to a kind of entertainment or quick um, instant gratification that is that is kind of ruining your appetite for good stuff. And I would just ask you to question that a little bit. And if listening to this podcast is helping you see that, like if you're walking away like, man, cool, I didn't see all that before, then I'm asking you to keep that in mind and say, okay, God, show me some stuff, some other stuff I hadn't seen before in the Bible. And just begin challenging yourself, you know. Read one chapter of the Bible a day. Don't let yourself off without it. And I think it will help you. Okay, thanks for listening. Um, We did our request today from Cody, which shows my good faith. See, I will do your requests if you send them in. So you can email me, J-S-E-R-R-A at thecrosspoint.com. Or you can comment on Facebook, and we will do our best to get to it. All right, see you next time.